my name is Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 696. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. It's going to be a good show, I decided. You ready, sweetie? This is what we're going to talk about. Oh, good. Uh, one is, um, I'm going to get this out of the way. Not out of the way. I'm just going to say thank you to one of our listeners. His name is Brian. Okay. And on podcast number 693, I started going on and on about numbers. Uh-huh. And he uh, let me know that there's something special about uh, numbers that are all have a three factor in it. Oh, good. So this happened back on 693. Now we hear, we're here on 696. Uh-huh. And you ready? A super cool fun fact about factors of three. Let's hear it. If you add all the numbers up together, mm-hmm. um, they are divisible. All numbers where the sum of the digits is di- is divisible by three are divisible by three. Okay, that was just like Charlie Brown parent All language. numbers where the sum of the digits, so let's oh, say wow. one and two, add one plus two. What does that equal? Three. Yeah, so three is divisible by three, so you know that it's divisible, but now let's do a little bit harder. 75, add seven plus five uh that would be that'd be two more so that'd be 82 no no what's seven oh. plus five? Oh, seven. <laughs> 12 12 so 12 is divided by you can divide three into 12 Correct. so you know 75 is divided is divisible by three yeah, you know, you lost me at the very beginning. I You lost me at hello. You lost me at hello instead of and I'm not trying to be like, oh, I, I'm not smart enough for it. I just when you started talking about it, I missed what the point was. Oh, the point is you can figure out any number, even if it's sixteen billion four hundred and fifty eight million three hundred and ninety seven thousand four hundred and thirty four. If you add every one of those digits up, uh-huh, and what you come out to is fifty-four. Okay. Fifty-four goes into three then you know that you can divide it by three. Even What? Though. Oh, sweetie, it's good. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> what, Anybody I, that liked math knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Anybody well, I'm just going to leave that one. I thought you were going to say you can take any number. Like, why am I adding seven and five? What am I learning? You're learning that three goes into it evenly. Right, but why? where are you pulling those numbers out from the sky? Like, why would I even start with that? Why do I care? Pick any number you want. Okay. How about eight and two? 82. Okay. Let's add eight plus two. Okay. What does that equal? That equals 10. And can, does three go into 10 evenly? No. Now you know 82. <gasps> okay, got it. Okay, see, I just needed to give my own example. There you go. Okay, so basically what you're saying is you you take that number. Yeah. So let's do um, 34. Okay, three okay, plus Okay, three four. plus four is seven. Three doesn't go into that. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Okay, okay, got it. See, my brain can do it. Uh, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. I had to wait three episodes to do that. I'm like, <laughs> I got to wait for 696. So today okay. is podcast number 696. Got it, I like it. Um, and then we're also going to do a Zen Parenting Moment, but the, the main focus of today's um, podcast is going to be twofold. Okay. One Two. is going to be, and I'll summarize it with three words. Okay. Get her done. Get it done. Get it done. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, done. it's not about the hummus and cheese curds. No, that's not what we're going to talk about. You've got the wrong topic. It's not about the hummus and cheese curds, sweetie. Because remember, we're going to talk about my issues with money. 
Oh, you're right. Okay, I thought you were thinking we were going to talk about the other thing that we decided to not talk about. No. Let's speak in code. Yeah. Um, okay, so what you're – I was thinking about it as the – I have an issue with something. I have an issue with money, and I'm going to blame it on the hummus and cheese curds. Yeah, but it, I think we're kind of there. Mm-hmm. But the thing I was going to talk about was – that how sometimes we look at our kids and think they should be doing something. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're in kind of yeah. the same world, but we're not doing it and we're like mad at them, but we're not doing it. And then when we say, but you don't do this, we make up an excuse. How about for we why. say it this way? Let's say our kid melts down because yeah. there's not enough syrup on the waffles. Okay. 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 And we're like, oh my God, why is this kid melting down because of the amount of syrup on the waffles? It's not about the syrup and the waffles. It's about everything that happened yesterday. It's about how they slept last night. It's about all the things that led up to it. Could be recent or but something that happened five years ago. See, I'm debating you here because this is not what we were going to talk about. That's a totally different topic. What I wanted to talk about was I had... Maybe it's a third topic we're well, going to talk about. Well, let me, let me give the example, and okay. then I think it'll get you back in the mindset because Todd and I took a walk yesterday and we talked about this because you're talking about something that's kind of like... What I'm talking about is that I had a, a woman that I was speaking with about a week or two ago, and she is somebody that like does not like... She she waxes everything, mm-hmm. okay? And she has two daughters, mm-hmm. and they would like to wax mm-hmm. everything. And she's mad at them because she's like, you shouldn't want to wax. Yeah. And I've never told you that waxing is good. Yeah. And what's wrong with body yeah. hair? And let me tell you why body hair is great. Yeah. But the mom waxes everything. Yeah. So she wants to tell them to be a certain way. And she's like, I never told them to wax and I'm like, but they've watched you do it their whole life. So let me summarize that piece. Okay. Do what I say, not what I do. Correct. Yeah. That's kind of where I thought we were going. Yeah, and I think that's. I think mine is a little bit more layered and deeper than yours, but we'll find out. We'll see who wins today. We'll see who wins. And they're interrelated. Do, are we competing? Yes. Oh, but how will we resolve who did this The listeners the will say, okay. first of all, that would be a bad thing because I know most people like hearing your words more than mine. Oh, Just I don't guess. know if that's true. Well, I know like, oh, Todd, you're funny. And sometimes you say something good, but let, let's talk about what Kathy said. That's what happens. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Uh, here we go. I know who the star of the show is, sweetie. Oh, that's so. That's a nice thing to say. Well, it's, it's very you obvious. You don't say that stuff very it's much. It's very obvious. Uh, really? Yeah, like I think you would be lost without me, but I oh. think, but, but I think I would be more lost without you, because if I was doing this podcast without you, it would be a lot of empty space. But you would still kind of get through it. I would not know how to produce, run the soundboard, True. bring in the clips, yeah. or you yeah. know, do that. Kind right. Of stuff. But you would be able to get in front of the mic and sure. talk for an hour. Oh yeah. Whereas I'd be like, uh, yeah, I had a good day yesterday. <laughs> Ate pizza. It was delicious. I didn't get any of that pizza, by the way. No, you didn't. You sacrificed one for the for the team. I know. Nice job. Uh, okay, first. Um, so I'm going to play a few really quick movie clips. Okay. And it's going to be, um, it might be annoying, but I need to do it anyways. Okay. So Team Zen, something we talk about every week, 25 bucks a, a month. And we're having Dr. Shafali Sabari on with Team Zen. She, we are. So she has a book coming out called The Parenting Map. It comes out in February, like in the next couple of weeks. So we have her on right before. Um, she's going to be with us on February 17th, Q&A. It's Shafali. She's low-key. She like, she ask her questions. She's not just low-key, sweetie. She's famous. She is famous. She's not just famous. She's infamous. Infamous. She's a wonderful very great. person. 
100,000 pesos to come to Santa Poco, put on show stop, the infamous El Guapo. What does that mean, infamous? Oh, Dusty. <laughs> infamous is, is when you're more than famous. This man, El Guapo, is not just famous, he's infamous. That's Dr. Shapali. Todd, no. She's infamous. We went over this years ago yeah. on this podcast, yeah. and you still don't have this right. Yeah. Infamous is well known for a bad quality. Well, You're I'm, doing the wrong thing. Sweetie, I'm going with the three amigos definition, not something you found on Google. Okay, well, we... I'm, I'm going with Martin Short's... Famous is when you're more than famous. No. This woman, Shafali, is not just famous. She's infamous. Well, and she's also a friend, so let's not talk about her like she's like somebody we don't know. So here's the thing. She, that that word, we did a whole podcast on this like six years ago where we, we were debating. Did, we never did a whole podcast on the word infamous. We, we talked about it at the beginning. I remember this conversation because I think I was kind of like, I'm not sure either. Mm -hmm. But then at the end, we figured out that infamous mm -hmm. or infamous means you did something bad. So no. it's like, it's like you're Jesse James or... We talked about Jesse James last, last night, night. And the girls were like, well, what did Jesse James do? And I said, he was an outlaw and a bank robber. And they're like, but what did he do? But what did he do? Yeah. And I'm like, he was an outlaw yeah. and a bank robber. Then they looked it up and started reading this whole Wikipedia thing. And they're like, this is what he did. I'm like, well, I don't have the Wikipedia in my head. Yeah, but they were giving you a hard time Is on there that something one. else I should know about Jesse James? No, he was a bank robber and a train robber and he killed people. And he was on the Brady Bunch. And he was infamous. He was infamous, yeah. Infamous. So anyway, going back to Team Zen, the other thing that I wanted to say was that uh, we're start, um, I'm doing a women's group through Team Zen. I used to run a women's circle that was in person, but COVID kind of threw it off. And long story, but... <laughs> and, um, the, and the people who are on Team Zen um, wanted to do this, and I wanted to do this. So we're going to uh, start this group on Thursday. Um, so it's just, I'm calling it women's group because I feel like circle, if I call it a women's circle, that's when we're in a circle. And since it's virtual, I'm just calling it It's a more of a rectangle on Zoom. <laughs> it's more spacious. Yes. Um, but anyway, so if you, so not only do we have, you know, authors and guest speakers like Shafali every month, um, we have our Team Zen talks, our like support talks where Todd and I help. We have other groups. We have... Um, Todd puts an if question on our app every Why day. Why are you laughing? Like, I just want you to ask a different kind of question than well, you're doing. If is if a great question. way to start a question. Start a it question. is. It is. Like, I like the idea, but then now, like, switch it up a little bit. Like, give, give me an example. Like, what's everybody's favorite animal? Or how about if you had to choose a favorite animal, what would it be? It sure. doesn't matter. Yeah, true. It, I guess it doesn't. Yeah. I guess it doesn't. But anyway, the best part about Team Zen is we have an app. So everything's in one place. All the Zen parenting moments, all of our podcasts, mm -hmm. all of our Zen talks. Yeah. It's just a beautiful thing. I've yeah. really enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? Like uh, this, the app? I've loved it. I know. It's I wonderful. really like it. It's wonderful. So, so join Team Zen. Give it a shot. Um, all right. In addition to that, you have a Zen parenting moment. I do. And this one... Starts out with a quote. I'm going to read it. Uh, the title of it is Internal Arrows. Yes. And it's a quote by a guy named Charles Bukowski. Bukowski. And before I do that, it just made me think of Animal House. So Daniel Simpson Day has no grade point average. <laughs> All courses incomplete. Mr. Blue... Mr. Blutowski. Zero... Point zero. That's a tough semester. 
for John Belushi's character. He didn't quite he didn't quite make it to class. So Charles Bukowski. Yeah, who is a little more of a um he was like he wrote poetry and he was a little more controversial. Um but anyway, he used a lot of violence and sexual imagery, so he kind of had some... Oh, interesting. Yeah. You chose this guy's quote. Well, he's, he, that's not all he's known for. I think that, like I said, just the word controversial means that some people love him, some people think he's sure. not great. So it's just... Yeah. I actually used another one of his quotes in my, um, my book at the very end about how read what you want here and then let go of whatever doesn't work for you kind of thing. Anyway, I think all I was writing about there was... Can I read the quote? Sure, sure, go ahead. What matters most is how well you walk through the fire. Yeah. So I think that um, what the discussion in that one was about how it's okay to have your emotions and that when your children see that you have emotions and that, in again... I want to be really clear because I think sometimes re people read these things and they're like, so you want me to be emotional and highly charged and reactive in front of my kids? No, I want you to have emotions, own them, talk about them. Process them in process a healthy them, way. Not blame other people for them. Repair if you do and discuss how you're better because of it or that it, you know, grieving is natural or that, you know, being angry about your boundaries being crossed, it woke you up to what you needed to do. It's not about being reactive. And then that's how you teach your kids. You teach your kids by owning your feelings and processing them in real time, because what then that teaches your kids is that they can also have feelings. Because if our children grow up in a home where they don't see any shift in feelings, they just feel change in energy and nobody talks about it, then that's really telling, this is kind of connected to what I wanted to talk about in the big picture. That's telling them that emotions are not okay. Mm -hmm. So this is an example of what we were saying at the beginning is if there's a parent who's like, my kid just doesn't talk to me about feelings. They don't talk to me about feelings. I don't understand. But this parent doesn't talk about feelings or feel feelings or repair feelings or ask for help with feelings or ever cry or then you you want that kid to be something that they don't see or experience on an everyday basis. Like there's a, it's not all on you, meaning they have other, they have coaches, they have peers, they have media. Like it's not all on the parent, but it really makes the biggest impact when you live in a community, meaning your family, where you, things become normalized, discussable, something you can communicate about, then you know you have permission. Well, and I would just add to what you're saying is it's about being able, as best you can, mm -hmm. being able to process emotions in a healthy way. Yeah. Because a lot of people that I work with sometimes weaponize that like, oh, so I'm just supposed to let my anger come Correct. when it shows up. No, that's not what I'm saying. You can let your anger show up, but as long as it shows up in a healthy way. So maybe we can have a quick conversation of what it means to express emotion in a healthy way versus an unhealthy way. Well, I think, you know, just that word healthy kind of throws it off because it already, like the feeling I get in my, my body is it stunts that emotion. Mm -hmm. So because anger doesn't always feel, and I'm putting this in air quotes, healthy. Of course it is, and it's okay, and it propels anger us. Anger can feel uncomfortable. It can feel scary. But healthy. Right. Or, or it can be unhealthy and comfortable. Like I could be like, oh, this feels good to yell at my kid because they just spilled the milk. Oh yeah. That's a, that's an interesting way to think about it. I think that I, you know, maybe we'll pull out the word healthy and we'll just go back to the respond versus react okay. thing because reaction to anger can sometimes be volatile, um, violent in words or actions out of control. And that, and part of the discomfort of anger is that feeling of being out of control responding to anger means we are not projecting 
our anger on other people. We are not stomping around the house. We are not yelling at people. We are feeling anger. So we may be like, I need some space. I need some time. I'm very frustrated. I need to go take care of this. I need to go on a walk. We're we're not pushing down the anger, but we're not putting our anger on other people. Sure. That's kind of the way I look at it. And that's kind of what I mean is can you imagine, you know, children who every every child, every human being feels anger. Mm-hmm. So to be like, well, I'm going to raise a kid who's not angry, that's impossible. Yeah, we, nor should you. We need anger. Yes, of course. So imagine a kid grows up in a home and they see a parent or an older sibling who gets angry and who has a process of discussing it feeling it. Sometimes tears come from anger. Um, you know, doing what needs to be done, taking a break, taking a walk, calling a person and saying, this isn't okay. Um, if you grow up in that, then you're not afraid of anger. You see anger as being part of the human experience. Experience. And so do you see that it's perfect? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess healthy and unhealthy is probably not the best. And you said from a react versus response, Respond, yeah. I guess I would say responsible in a responsible way. Yeah. Non-projecting. Non-projecting. And we're talking mm-hmm. about parenting because, you know, not that you want to yell at your partner um, or you want to yell at your boss, but the kids are probably the most vulnerable and fragile yeah, vulnerable. out of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other adults can be like, oh, this guy is just really kind of in an unconscious place and you can hold that space a bit more. But if it's with kids, that's when you need to be the most responsible version of yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's a, and again, I'm very aware that just the feelings that come with anger, like we as the parents, you know, as far as cycles and generational cycles, we weren't always taught to respond versus react. It's not about that we need to be like, wow, as soon as we came, became a parent, we needed to figure that out. Mm-hmm. No, you know, it, this is a process for us too. And this is why I wanted to keep that word repair in there because there are going to be times when we project our anger onto other people where we come home and have a bad day and we start kicking our kids' toys and saying, get this stuff out of here. And I can't believe you didn't listen to me. And that's all. It has nothing to do with the kids. We brought it home from work. And that's our anger about something that happened outside of the home. So why the word repair is important is to be able to go back and say, the way I reacted today when I came home is I was angry and I took it out on you. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I'm sorry. And really what I was angry about was something that happened with work. And next time what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a deep breath, maybe, you know, go on a walk, you know, do, do what I need to do. I keep using the exact same things because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you do when you get angry? Uh, I have the slam ball. Do you use it? Yes. Are you really I mean, slamming I haven't, that ball? I, it's not like I do it every day or every week, but I've used it three or four times. Yeah, I know. I've been there once when you used it. So do you really feel anger and say, I need to physically get it out of my body? Or yeah, it's just using- because there's no better, there, there's, a, there's no other way that feels right. Walk for me, so a slam ball is like a medicine ball and I just slam it on the ground. And a walk does not match what I'm feeling. Oh, interesting. I like that. That's true. Whereas a slam ball, I can actually like run out of breath. Yeah. And do something. So I go in the basement, which has a concrete, has a, it's carpeted, but underneath the carpet is concrete. And I could just slam it or I just slam it on the couch. So that's one way. There's yeah. a billion different ways to express anger. I, I want to mention one thing. That you said, because one is like, if you screw up and you yell at your kid and you project all your anger onto them, you need to um, uh, make amends make for amends, it. Yeah. But ideally, like, and I'm thinking of a friend of mine who's struggling with something one of his daughters said to one of his other daughters last week. He really wanted to go in and challenge the daughter who said the unkind thing. And to what the he, other kid. To the mm-hmm. other kid. And what he did was he caught himself 
and he asked for support. He Marco Poloed me and you. And um, he hasn't, I don't know if he's even had that conversation with that daughter, but he did it from, when he does it, it's gonna be from a more regulated, conscious place, as opposed to all the emotion that he felt in the moment. Sure, um, that was really smart. It was really smart. That's mm -hmm. called being a conscious human being. Um, and it's not that it always happens that way, but the idea is to be able to respond, you know, when there's no, it's really hard to connect with another human being when we're in a defensive reactionary place. Right. The idea is to make a shift or take a breath or do something to when we're feeling a little more grounded, it's much easier to connect with another human being from that place. Well, and it's interesting because when I think about anger, and again, I know it's place, I understand it, and anger is not a connecting emotion in any way. Anger is really what helps us disconnect. Yeah. And and I say draws, that- Draws boundaries. Draws boundaries. Yeah. Like the anger is a disconnecting feeling. And so- we're never going to, that's not the feeling we use to get closer to someone. Mm -hmm. It's the feeling we use to get out of something that's not working yeah, it's, for us. It's a way to connect to ourselves. Exactly. So it's like, and, and just to talk about that experience that your friend had, because I think it was very common and worthwhile to discuss, like you said, the next step after that was he had a kid who um, you know, had said something mean to one of his kids and then that kid had a strong reaction to it. So he was angry at the older kid and was like, you know, what do I do here? Like you said, he was so wise. He did not go in there and deal with it right that second. But then when he does go talk to that older kid, one of the things that I said to him was make sure you, before you go in there with, you know, you know, with all your expectations and thoughts about what you're going to tell her she did wrong, let her tell you her side of the story, 100%. Yeah. Say, it sounds like you guys got into an argument the other night. Tell me from your perspective what happened. And come in with, uh, and be be an empty cup or at least a half empty cup mm -hmm. so you can hear her perspective. Allow yourself to be impacted by whatever it is that she's saying to you. And take it in. Exactly. Take in what she said because it may be information you didn't have and set yourself up where she feels heard and valued before you start maybe giving her some feedback about yeah. how it affected the other child. Sure. Because she's not going to be able to hear that if you've already come in and decided how it happened. Mm -hmm. You decided what you should say to her and you decided how she should be. Yeah. She has no say in any of that. So we kind of, we we touched on that with last week, I think we talked about um, listen until you feel understood. Listen until the other person feels, feels understood. understood. So that's what, you know, if you have a child who you feel like hurt one of your other kids, it, and I mean emotionally, whatever it may be, to hear their perspective first, there may be a piece you missed and at least you're creating the possibility that they will feel heard enough to then hear you. Sure. Okay, so we have three other things on the plate. Okay, let's Which go. Which of those three do you want to start with? The you're done, the you're my piece, done. or your piece, the waxing um, thing? Uh, why don't you... I don't, what's the year done? Oh yeah, I like you're done. Yeah. Let's start with that because that's yeah. really helpful. It's helpful and I think it'll be not, I don't think it'll take long to explain it. And, and you and I will both have our versions of sure. what we're about mm -hmm. to talk about. Yeah. But just think of like um, when you ask somebody, let's say I'm going to ask a buddy out to dinner next yeah. Friday. And the buddy says, well, I got to see if I can shift this. <laughs> and I don't know about this. And I'm really tired and blah, blah, blah. But I think I might be able to do it. And let me just, and I'll get back to you on Thursday. But if I don't, go, if I don't get back to you on Thursday, then text me on Friday. And I'll be like, you know what? I don't really want to have dinner with you anymore. <laughs> I don't really care anymore. <laughs> Versus I say you want to go out to dinner next Friday and the person gives me a thumbs up. See you there. 
oh, it, for Todd and I, for our, I don't know if it's our personality types or just how we are, but that experience, and maybe because there's a lot of people in our life who don't do that, yeah. so we like notice, but that experience of like when you say something to somebody like, you know, do you think we could make this happen or do you think you could drop this off? And someone's like, and so we've been calling it done yeah, because done. what, let me like back up for a second. I told Todd recently that there was some things that I've been doing for other people and some things with my family where my favorite thing to do is when someone says, will you do blah, 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 blah. All I text back is done. Yeah. And I do that not because it's necessary sim simple and it doesn't mean that I don't have to cancel something or change something but I don't need to let them know the 80 things that I'm going to do to make this happen right. I, what I want them to know is what you're asking me to do is the most important thing and I will, and I will it out, do it and I will not burden you with right. all the things that I need to shift to get this thing done correct like I am not going to overwhelm you with why this is kind of a burden and why might you know like that experience is so when people tell you their life story about why they can't meet for lunch or why they're or why they can like i can but i need to do a lot of other things i'm like okay or can we start 15 minutes early because an hour into our lunch i'm gonna have to take a call mm. and then two hours into the lunch i'm gonna have to leave or i might have to pick someone up and the thing that i always think about is if that happens, let's just let that happen in the moment. Yeah. I mean, you may need to say something like, hey, I need to keep my phone on the table because I have to be in communication. Okay, but the whole story, what it does, okay, now let me speak to this. Why does this bother me? It makes the person that you're saying that to feel less important. Even that, if that isn't your intention, you are basically saying to them, I have so many busy things to do that you need to understand and I'm going to try and fit you into this, but I will choose other, other things over you if I need to. So I just need you to know that. Okay. So I think that even if we, even if it's someone, you know, that we love or our partner or whatever, and we already know we're the most important time, I have these discussions a lot because sometimes that's my comment to him is sometimes when you do this, I don't feel that important. And he's like, oh my gosh, Kathy, you're my wife. You're the most important. I tell you all the time. And I was like, it's not words, it's action, mm -hmm. which you totally hear, I think, because you're an acts of service sure. person, is I don't want to hear the other million things you need to do. I just want you to, to just say, you know, you want to go to lunch today? You bet. Mm -hmm. And maybe you do have to move a call. Yeah. Maybe because... And I very rarely say, do you want to go to lunch today? Sure. So it's, but if you're going to, or if you're going to say no, mm -hmm. this is my other favorite thing. I can't do it that day, but I can do it on Thursday at noon. I can do it at Friday at noon. You tell me which one's better. Yeah. Because then what you're doing is not like, oh, well, no, come up with other dates. You're, you're being very direct about this is what will work. Yeah. It's like clarity. It's direct. Uh, it's, it's, um, direction it's it's a very direct response yeah um and i feel like so, what's the thing that's underneath it and i think this is we as a society and i probably maybe i'm maybe i uh do some of this too i feel like busyness is a badge of honor of course in our society of course and what did we just say this morning like we all got the same amount of time as beyonce or yes. something like that like, we were talking about that with the girls did you all watch the grammys we ha we all have 24 hours a day yeah. seven days in the week and the whole idea that time is this limited resource, that's fine if you want to believe that, but we all have that then. Right. Like, I am not more special than you because I choose to do this, 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 and this, or I have to do this, this, and this. 
it's all we're all playing from the same even if there's somebody who likes to smoke weed and watch tv all day they still have the same amount of time correct they're just busy smoking weed and watching tv right. like and that's what that person might value that's their busyness that's their busyness mm -hmm. so i just want to say to you and to anybody if i if i start complaining about my busyness just you know give me a nice slight tap on the shoulder saying whatever. Well, I think that for me, a lot of my adult life since I was like, I don't know, 35 or something has been not necessarily decreasing my busyness in stop doing certain things. Like I'm not, I mean, some things I have, you know, some things I've been very clear about boundaries and what I want to do, but it's not playing that game anymore where I have to demonstrate to the world my busyness. Mm -hmm. I, you know, busyness, like, I, and again, I'm using that word, but like my morning, my first two hours of the morning are now filled with things that I know make me a better human. Yeah. And before it may have been, I got to get on email. I got to demonstrate to people why I'm busy. I got to show up at this work situation. I have to say yes to every speaking event I have to do. And there was this feeling of, I have to show the world why I'm valuable. Whereas my first two hours in the morning now are I have to demonstrate to myself why I'm the most sure. valuable. Yeah. And then when I do that, the rest of the day, like right now, you and I doing this podcast early in the morning, I've already done all the things that I think are most important. Sure. So now the rest of the day is like, yeah, I have a meeting and I, you know, it's, I'm not saying that everything else isn't important, but I'm not in the meeting thinking, oh, when am I going to meditate? I, it's already done. It's done. Yeah. So as we have this conversation, here's my invitation to myself and anybody who's willing to consider doing it. Next time somebody asks you something, see if you catch yourself doing what, what it is we that talking we're talking about, about mm -hmm. which is justifying, excusing, explaining away, and instead just say yes or no. And then if you say no, saying, no, that doesn't fit for me right now, or no, how about next Thursday or Friday? Um, and just try it and see if it feels as empowering as we think it might. I love it. It's literally my favorite thing. <laughs> to, to, to do it saying, yep, I'm in, and to receive that. Correct. So let me give you an example of something. We are supported by the folks over at Pinna.fm. Are you looking for a way to entertain your kids in the car? Or maybe just a way to wind them down before bed? Then you've got to try Pinna. Pinna is an audio streaming service just for kids that includes tons of podcasts, audiobooks, and more for ages 3 to 12. They offer some well-known stories and so many original podcasts and audiobooks that kids really enjoy. Plus, Pinna is a game changer for daily car trips to and from school or for weekend getaways. Not only do parents love listening, but the kids will beg to turn on Pinna the second they step in the car. It's a routine they can look forward to, and it makes car rides more enjoyable for the whole family. Pinna is offering our listeners one year of Pinna for 50% off. Just head to pinna.fm slash promo to sign up and use code ZPR at checkout. That's Pinna, P-I-N-N-A dot F-M slash promo. We are supported by the folks over at Stillwater and Coup Save the World. Here is the first book in an exciting new four-book series for younger readers featuring the beloved Zen panda Stillwater. Stillwater is the star of the Caldecott Honor Book and New York Times bestseller Zen Shorts and of the Peabody Award and Emmy Award-winning Apple Plus TV series. Saving the world is a big job, and Koo is such a small panda. Luckily, Uncle Stillwater has the answer. Each time you do the right thing, you save the world a little bit. In a story brimming with love and light, John J. Muth shows us how we can all heal the world a little bit at a time. Just the right message for now 
and always. It's a Junior Library Guild Gold Standard Selection, and it's available February 7th, wherever books are sold. And now on with the show. As we think it might. I love it. It's literally my favorite thing. To, to, to do it saying, yep, I'm in, and to receive that. Correct. So let me give you an example of something that's a little more out of our hands. For all of you, this is how it feels to me. Do you ever go to a drive through and you say your order, and it might be complicated, but you're watching the board, and they're putting it exactly right. And they're like, okay, keep mm-hmm. going. Next thing. And they got it. Like, and you don't have to re-explain and they're not like, wait, 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 stop, hold on. Cause that's so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then this always happens. There's this Culver's I go to in Galena and I don't know what they have going on there. Cause I have weird orders. I like get a cashew chicken salad and I say no chicken on it. Like I just, you know, I'm kind of, I have a a cashew chicken salad without uh, chicken and, and hold the cashews too. (laughs) No, I do. Give me some lettuce and and some tomatoes. I like the cashews. I like it. And Culver's put extra, extra cashews on when I don't get the chicken. See, that's just cool. Anyway, I love their customer service because they never ask me again. They just put it up there. They're like, we got it. Pull up. Sweetie, I need to play a clip. Okay. <laughs> Rulers, a ox, and a Makita cup. And then I think I would like a, a large with team. <laughs> yes, and could I please have a heavy donut and <laughs> raspberry and a mint drink? What? Oh, I, I'm sorry. And... <laughs> Okay. Oh, well, let me try to recap the order. A crawler, two sugar pucks, a Stanley cup, a large coffee with cream, a raspberry jelly donut, orange drink, and a box of five holes. <laughs> That's Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Good for you, Todd. Thank you. That's been, we haven't done that in a long time. No. So I guess, so that, I know those are two different things, going through a drive-thru and, and texting back to someone done or sure, but like, how good does it feel when someone says, hey, do you want to do lunch? And someone's like, sure, mm-hmm. instead of, well. Yeah. I got 80,000 things and then my weekends are full and then I have all these hockey tournaments and then on Tuesday I have, you know, I'm going to see this person. I'm like, and when I say I don't care, I don't mean I don't care about you. I mean, what does that have to do with- Why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? I asked you a question. Will you please answer? And that doesn't mean you have to say sure. No, say no. It it means you say, I can't do it. And and if you really do want to do it, then you you offer two more days. But Mm -hmm. I don't really need the whole like why you're busy. And- one of you know, going back to what you just said, um, Todd, is one of the quotes that I have on my board in front of me is it says something like, Every day I wake up grateful for the life that I am creating. And I always think about that in terms of those kind of things, making space in my day, the choices I've made, the boundaries I've already set, the decisions that I already feel at peace with. I'm creating my day. And I know that for those of you who listen who have little kids, that feels less accessible. I, I, I'm i not that far from that time. I mean, I still have a daughter, you know, I still have children in school and I'm still at the mercy of other people's schedule. I get that. But, but there are certain things I can't change. And then there's certain things that I do get to decide. And so I'm going to put my energy <clears throat> towards the things that help me do the things that are a little harder. Yeah. Make sense? Well, it does. And it's funny. I want to like pull up because I don't want to screw it up. The serenity prayer uh-huh. uh, that's said at many 12-step stel- uh, meetings. And if you can say it, say it without the uh, religious connotations, uh, just because just I feel like everyone can Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And the reason I bring that up is because if you are um, a single dad with two toddlers, like, yeah, 
dude. You don't yeah. have a lot yeah. of options or the mom who, or whatever, anybody who's got young kids, like, yeah, there's the, the, the idea to create the day that you want, forget it. It's not about you. And the mornings when I had little kids weren't about me. Yeah. The morning was, I would get up with a child jumping on me yeah. and it would be 30 minutes before we said we were going to get up. And my whole morning was dictated around them. Like I lived that for the, the majority of my thirties and forties. Like that is why now my mornings. And I still have to get up early and get my kids out to school. It's not that it's all mine, but once they are out the door, the choices are mine. Here's the thing. There's times, so there's times when we simply don't have those choices. We, if right. you bring human beings into this world, yeah. it's no longer about you. Correct. What happens though is as we get older, we still think we're at the effect of, we're still the victim of our circumstances, even when we have a lot more influence and control over our day. Yeah. So toddler time, yeah, I call those the dark days. Wonderful days, but dark days because it's no, it's not really not about us adults anymore. We actually call the dark days the early infant days. Well, even that, to, yeah. Early, Toddler's in a lot of dark. Early infant is one version of the dark. Okay. Toddler is another version of the uh -huh. dark. But we still like, now like our kids are 19, 18, 15, <clears throat> and we have the ability to create a day differently now because they're more independent. Yeah. So I just want to like, I could just see somebody with like three toddlers right now. Like, yeah, you guys don't know. And like, you're, well, that's you know why what? I brought it up. Right. You so. know, like I obviously know that they're depending on where you are in parenting, depending how much help you have, depending on if you are single, you know, everything it's, there's variables here, but there is certain time that you do get to choose and, and I would get annoyed when people tell me how to choose it. Like when they'd say, oh, if the kid is sleeping, you should sleep. You should sleep. That's what you should do. Are you kidding? I have like 80, you know, baskets of laundry to do. I haven't returned any of my emails. If my kid's sleeping, that's when I'm going to be productive. It didn't make any sense. So we still get to choose within that structure. But it is a, I think the thing that I, I'm, I'm actually thinking about teenagers here for a second. And one thing that I'm noticing I have to help my college students and my own teenagers deconstruct is the idea that every minute of the day needs to be utilized in a productive and effective way. Because we have, we have taught them that, which is beautiful. It has its, it's, you know, again, remember everything is light and dark. Nothing's perfect. We've taught them how to be effective, how to have a structure, how to, you know, be in a routine, all good stuff. But then when they want to like chill, they feel super uncomfortable. Now, some of you who have kids who play video games all day, you're like, well, my kid doesn't, but the video game is filling up that time for them. Do you see what I mean? Like if they were actually just really sitting or trying to, you know, or the idea of like being in quiet or having a conversation with someone, that would make them uncomfortable. Like I need to be doing something more. They can't sit with themselves is what I'm saying. So a lot of, you know, going back to the beginning of this podcast, the practices they see at home, like are you chronically busy? Are yeah. you chronically telling your children how you are so busy all the time and how you don't have time for this and you don't have time for this and how you're always flying here and there and you're always late and you're always, because then that is what they will know to be normal. Mm -hmm. Well, they, I think this dovetails beautifully with uh, what we started the show on regarding, you know, your friend who tells her kids about, you know, body hair and yet she does something different. I feel like that's, 
similar to what we're talking mm-hmm. about right now. It's so maybe we can kind of go into that direction. Sure. Well, so that that one thing about the the woman I was talking to last week and about the body here, that was a big one where she and she's a lovely human and she the aha came pretty quickly sure, of course. where she's like, well, I've never told my kids to wax, but they've gone with her to wax appointments. They know what her body looks like. Like you teach your kids through what you do and what you experience. And then to say to them, no, you shouldn't dislike body hair. They're, they're like, what are you talking about? You have shown me your whole life that this is something you dislike. Well, and to use a more accessible example, like I, I can't say I'm addicted to my phone, but I use it a lot. Sure. And I sometimes get annoyed when my kids are watching TikTok for an hour or whatever. And I will say like, you know, put your phone down. And for me, it's when I'm in a conscious place, I'd be like, all right, is there something in this for me here? Mm-hmm. Like, am I addicted to my phone? Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to see my kid's addiction to their phone without looking at what void am I trying to fill? Can I just sit on the couch and look at the wall without picking up my phone? That's sometimes very hard for me to do. You know, and sometimes like I'm going to kind of take a a step deeper here. So sometimes there's a literal parallel, like I'm annoyed that they're on their phone and I don't look at the fact that I'm always on my phone. So I get mad at them about their phone. That's like a really direct line. There's this other line that I feel like creates more empathy, which is, um, which is, uh, okay. So I was talking to somebody a couple days ago and they were saying that their daughter has to still fill out certain applications for college and there's some things that she needs to do and get done. Like she has to send her her latest transcript and everything uh, for her grades. And that her partner has been really frustrated with this process, that he has felt like she hasn't been on top of the process. He's been mad about the fact that she's not organized about it. He thinks she should be doing it in a different, more timely manner. And this is this person, this partner is somebody who has in their history, their marriage has let bills sit for a long time. Like it's, I'm not saying they're not paying them ever, but there's like a- Not the most responsible, not the most responsible. financial Exactly, manager. where like two months goes by before they open bills or that they get things paid. And so it's not about pointing a finger and saying, you do it, you're bad too. It's about saying empathetically, can you relate? Because there's a reason why her partner does not look at the bills because he there's all sorts of issues about finances and money and that he's dealing with, like that we all kind of maybe you know grew up with childhood, childhood experiences stuff. that are still kind of yeah. infiltrating our consciousness. So it makes bill day super uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, Todd, it's like calling the insurance. You yeah. know, I don't hey. know if you have childhood stuff about it, but Todd can't stand that day. Yeah. And so what? What we were discussing is, can you help him understand that she may be nervous about college? She may be scared about what comes next. So her doing all the applications is not just she's um, she's like, what's the word I'm looking for? Irresponsible. She's got the same kind of like emotional block that you have with Bill Day. And can you see her through a lens of empathy rather than irresponsibility? And that doesn't mean you don't bring it up to her. It doesn't mean you let – you just – you don't approach her with, God, you suck at this, and don't you care about your future and what's wrong with you. You find something in your life where you're like, what do I not like looking at? Sure. What do I avoid? So, exactly. From what Two things. One is, from what energy am I coming into this interaction with? Right. And then just yeah, anything that triggers me. So I talked about the um, hummus and the cheese curd. So I'll bring Yeah, tell that, that story. So um, Let's just pretend we had a kid who had a really big reaction last week to something. And I'm like, wow, this is a big reaction, sweetie. And you're like, it's not about that thing. 
Okay, yeah, which is true. It's that about is. all these other things. Right. Um, and we just start, and, and just that information alone um, helped me be more empathic because I, if I don't do any thinking or if I don't approach this with any sense of curiosity, can we come up with an example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Todd is talking about like what we used to discuss when the girls were little is that when one of my daughters would be having a tough week and maybe the class changed seating arrangements and then she got in trouble and then she hurt her finger and all these things happen and then we're taking a walk, she falls off the curb, loses her mind, yeah. even though she didn't even skin her knee. Right. And we're like, you didn't really hurt yourself here. But she's not crying that she just fell to the ground from the curb. She's crying because the week was so filled with emotion that she had been repressing that it finally got an opportunity to come out when she fell off the curb. Yeah, the body intelligence yeah. found a pathway yeah. towards releasing, yeah. I think of like a tea kettle. Yeah. It needs an outlet, and that was the outlet. And that felt accessible and okay for her to cry because she's like, ooh, physical pain. Mm -hmm. That feels like something I can just open up and not be embarrassed. Like I remember like my my version of this is I remember when I was little, I had a heart. I was very sensitive and I cried a lot. So I was always trying to like hold that back because I knew that, you know, I, I just I didn't always feel comfortable doing that. But I remember one time I was we were coming home from a trip and I didn't want to leave and I was having a hard time with it, but I was trying to repress it. And then it turns out our flight was canceled and that allowed me. And then everyone was so upset about it that I was like, Ooh, I can cry now, but I didn't really care that the flight was canceled, but I could blame it on that. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, Kathy's really upset that flight was canceled, but really that was just the doorway for me to release. So what Todd is talking about is one of our daughters last week was, there was a lot of things going back to even from my mom passing away to, you know, that's her grandmother, obviously, to all of these other issues with school and friends and life and everything. And she had just been handling it, handling it, handling yeah. it. And then this thing that's a little more surfacey happened that was really not that big of a I mean, it is a big deal in her life, but we... The reaction... The reaction was so was, strong. ...was more excessive than the stimulus. Correct. Okay. And so there was the discussions Todd and I had is I was like, don't get too focused on this thing because mm -hmm. she's just taking some time to get all this stuff out from the last three weeks. And just a lot, like not... Because, you know, I would say the unconscious version of me would be like, this is a problem and I need her to shut that down. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a little bit of curiosity. Wait, go back. She need, This is a problem and she needs to shut that down. That emotion. Her, her reaction, her Got emotion. Okay. I need to shut this down mm -hmm. because it's not that big of a deal right. in the first place, blah, blah, blah. She needs to learn. This isn't she, important. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then from a conscious place, it's more like, thank goodness. Exactly. She has an outlet and she's using this example or she's using this situation as a way to release, release it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the invitation for me when I'm like, why is this person reacting with such a big thing? And it's just because it's not about that thing. Mm -hmm. it's it may about, be a piece of it. It's a piece of it, but it's about the other 10 things. And so what is the cheese curds and hummus? It's, I was trying to like, because I didn't want to like say the specific story about our daughter who had experienced this last week. So I was uh -huh. trying to come up with my version. It's not exactly a good fit, but you can probably help me with it. Okay. Um, if you look at our Family balance sheet, it's fine. There's nothing really to be worried about. Okay. We're always going to have a roof over our head. We're always going to have food on the table. Okay. And then sometimes when our daughters want to order food uh -huh. um, from Pints, which is a local 
our food here, <laughs> they each will get the hummus <laughs> and one other thing. Okay. I'm sorry to laugh. It's just so specific. And yeah. now, like, the hummus is like $16. Now, one is right. they can't share the hummus. And absolutely not. They can't share the hummus because it's got cucumbers and carrots and gotta have your own hummus. pita chips or whatever it is. And then they also order another thing, whether it's a large fry or cheese curds. And before you and I even put our order in, we're over, we're north of 50 bucks. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is a problem. Yeah. And we, we order, you know, so this is from an unconscious place. We order out too much. We order from the wrong places. This costs too much money. They should share the hummus. I'm like, teaching them the wrong thing. I'm teaching them the wrong thing about money and everything else. And some of it is about it, but a lot more of it is my own baggage around money. And I'm still investigating. I would love to say, okay, Zen Parenting listeners, I have it figured out. And this <laughs> is how I'm going to start doing it. I don't. I'm still working through it. But it is... Um, it's not about the hummus and the cheese curds. It's about all the unresolved stuff I have around. Really, it's about scarcity, I think. Mm -hmm. And some of it is about responsibility, responsibility or privilege. Because when I was growing up, so like I'm doing my own work right now on this podcast. Yeah. When I was growing up, if we ever went out, it would be once every three weeks and it would be to McDonald's. Right. And nowadays, we go out a lot and we're ordering from these fancy, expensive bar food places and these kids are spoiled. Okay, I, so let so put a pin in that, right? Because Todd does this a lot, and and I don't mean he's like unconscious about it, but he'll say these things. And the thing that I'm always pointing out to him, it, and it's not about me winning or saying no. The girls should be able to order everything they want. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to him is these are apples and oranges. I also grew up in very you know middle class small town. We didn't go out to eat either. And when we did go out, it was McDonald's. It was the exact same thing. The world was not set up the way it is now. We did not. And I did have two working parents. And you know what I did when I came home? I had a big bowl of ice cream. And then sometimes when before I'd go to bed, I'd have a big bowl of cereal. There wasn't a lot of focus around, you know, the, the things we know now about what's processed food and what what's good for us and how we should eat. And now the world is set up because of COVID and beyond that food is easily accessible, that we can have it delivered to our door in 20 minutes, that we do understand working families and that we, and that not all food is $20 per person. Like, you know, you go somewhere else and it's not like that. My point is, is when we, and Todd grew up where he had a mom, a dad, and a grandmother who lived in the home and his grandma was cooking the meals. Mm -hmm. We don't have that. So whenever we try to compare our childhood to our children's childhood. It's like two different worlds. I have a wonderful clip okay. from a movie that you and I watched this weekend. Oh, and we realized what did we watched this weekend. This okay. is, this is 40. Oh yeah. <laughs> with Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Yeah. A Judd Apatow movie. And it's just about the comparison of generations. Yeah. And before I play the clip, it's about 40 seconds long, and I might have to bleep out a bunch of swears, which I'm fine with doing. Write a note to yourself because you forget to bleep out stuff. I know, I sometimes stuff. forget, so help me remember. Um, it's the comparison of one generation to the next, and we're still acting as if it's... And we realize that the characters in this movie, Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann, are pretty awful They're people. Awful. They're like, awful. Like, Todd and I were struggling with it. We've seen the movie several times, but Todd's like, we should do a show where we just go through all the things they say to each other and to their kids. Yeah. And I know it's supposed to be comedic, but Todd and I are always left feeling like, blah. No, I like the movie and their awful... And, yeah. Awful parents. Well, they're... 
They're awful. They're not sweetie. awful people. They're not awful people, they but they're are, making such bad and decisions. The movie kind of enforces it as like there is sorry, but like there's, you know, this thing where they completely it's probably the most famous clip, you know, the one where Melissa McCarthy says she's gonna rear up. Oh yeah. And Jack and Jack Knight. Right. And you know, it's a great clip. Like I love it. It makes me laugh. But through that whole meeting, they are lying yeah. about what they did. Right. And then they come out and the way they film it is it's like, isn't it great that they won? Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, no, it's not. You should not be rooting for these two people. And it doesn't feel justified. You know, sometimes you do root for people when they do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's never a moment where I'm like, I want them to win for this. So anyway. Uh, So here we go. You need to get outside more. Do some playing outside. Yeah, you can build things. (laughs) You could build a, a fort outside. What? Yeah, build a fort. Play with your friends and have... Make a fort outside you yeah. do what have little do what in the fort when i was a kid we used to build tree houses and play with sticks nobody plays with <laughs> sticks you and charlotte can have a lemonade stand play kick the can look for dead bodies that's fun that's fun to do get a t- oh my god <laughs> i'm sorry it's just so typical <laughs> like it's so our generation when that's he, what we did in the 80s and my version of that in this story of the cheese curds and it would be like let me make you a bad chicken breast and a baked potato right and they'd be like i'm not like gonna- no let's get pints <laughs> can we get the hummus and cheese curds please well and it's also that game of no you have to eat at home and if they don't have the right things to like put together whatever they're making, the sandwich or whatever, and then we're like, no, but eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the amount of expectations that we have for ourselves and our children of eat the right things, eat the healthy things, eat at the right time, eat at the... And then they're like, okay, I'll solve this problem. I'll get some hummus. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, no, 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 that's too expensive. You got to figure out how to... Do, and again, this is this is not like I have an answer where, hey, do this and it'll all be well. This is the paradox we live in. Yeah. Like this is what we swim in. And what I love about that is that's so Gen X. Totally. Those things that those two are saying who are our age, yeah. they're like, go build a fort. We played with sticks and we did, but that's because we had no phones. We had that's no phones. because we had no TV. We had that, black and white TVs where you black couldn't see anything. I, the fact that I watched hockey games <laughs> on a black and white TV, you can't even see the puck. And I would watch the Edmonton Oilers beat the crap out of the Chicago Blackhawks, and I would love it. And there's no way I saw anything. Like, and that was great. And you know the funniest part, the part that made me laugh the hardest is Paul Rudd is like, go look for dead bodies, because it's like, stand by me. Yeah. Like, we're like totally trying to like, and you know, there would always be a rumor about like, oh, there's a dead animal here. Or there's like, you know, some, you know, we just had nothing to do. And you want to know what else? That I mean, and again, I know not everybody talks about their history with their kids, but I got in trouble a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, those of you who listen to the podcast that Todd and I put up a couple weeks ago with our parents, with our moms, um, you know, my mom is like, yeah, you got arrested a lot. Like mm-hmm. th- th- we were not, we got in trouble because there was nothing, we were walking around looking for dead bodies yeah. or whatever, you know, like we were in people's backyards. And my point is, is it's like, First of all, she's questioning them like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Nobody does that. You're yeah. asking me to be something. And so this is very similar to the waxing yeah. and the, you know, the waxing the body and saying, don't do that. You know, do that. And she's looking around going, everybody does this. Mm-hmm. You, in my own family, I'm seeing this. Why are you telling me to be different than who even you are? Yeah. And then the parents, you know, when this is 40, he goes to the bathroom and brings his iPad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, kids, go outside and play with sticks. Like, totally. where it's, 
we don't. It's a hypocrisy. It's a hypocrisy. And here's the bottom line. You know, Todd and I want to make sure that this show is not about, so you should feel crappy about yourself. That's not it. We live in that, that we all swim in that paradox. You know, we're still getting that from, you know, people whose parents are still involved in their lives. We still get it from the generation above. You know, you should do this. You should do this. It's the awareness of it and the not imposing it or um, unconsciously imposing it or blaming or there's a sense of humor about it. Well, rather I, than... I would add to it, a, if I can do it through a lens of curiosity, and that's an important word for mm-hmm. me right now, not just about, oh, what's going on with this kid? Why is she getting such, oh, what's going on with me? Wow, I'm getting really upset right now. What does this have to do with 1982 right. of something that I haven't let go of? Or like... The, or the belief system about how things should be right yeah, now. Yeah, like, is this really what it should be? Is it is it insane to ask my kid to go build a fort? It's pretty it's much insane. insane. Especially because that daughter they're talking to, that's Maude Apatow. That's, she's like 13 or 14. Yeah, forget it. You know, that's not where she is. Now, this story, I'm like bringing all this together because now I'm remembering this, is that there's a, this story, uh, it was last Thursday, Sky and I were driving home. I had gone to Trader Joe's and I know that Todd loves it when we do have a meal that is cooked. And I don't oh, yeah. mean he wants his woman to cook meals. That's not that the kid that came out wrong. <laughs> he doesn't mind cooking it either, but he he gets this certain joy it when we do something. It reminds me of 1982. Right. He, he, it like brings up his childhood. He happened to marry a woman who cooking is not important to her. Sweetie, that's not true. You I, make great tacos. Thank you. Well, I'm not saying I can't cook things. It's not important to me. You make great frozen pizzas. Yes. The croissant. Crust. The croissant crust pizza. I make great chili <laughs> and I make great enchiladas. That's right. <laughs> and and that's about it. So anyway, he so I went to Trader Joe's and I actually got some like I got a salad, I got um some uh ravioli that look really good, some sauce. I bought things for cheap mm-hmm. at Trader Joe's, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. And then on the way home, I realized Cameron wasn't going to be home in time. So she was going to do her own meal. She was working. And then Skylar, that it's not really, it really wasn't her meal. And I had said, it's kind of a long story, but I had said, I had already told her, get whatever you want for dinner tonight. Dad and I are going to have this, you know, whatever. And so she came home and I said, you know, on the way home, I'm like, what do you think you want? She's like, I don't know. I'm going to think about it. And then she got home and Todd said, you know, well, what do you want? And she said, well, I decided I wanted pints. And you go, okay. Mm -hmm. And you were like annoyed and frustrated. And she's like, well, mom just told me to choose what I wanted and that I was on my own tonight because you two were doing your cooked meal thing. She didn't say all this, but, and, but you're now annoyed and disappointed in my choice. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I can't win because one of you told me to do this. And me from a very unconscious place to be like, yeah, but at least I said yes. That's what you always do. She'll right? be like, but my answer was good. And I'm like, but it's not about your words. That's what this, that's what the, we're finally getting to what this podcast is supposed to be about. It's not about your words. It's about your energy. She knows you're not happy with it. You can say, well, I said yes, or I went and got it, but she knows you're annoyed at her. And that's the energy she's left with is I'm kind of, she's in a defensive posture then. And I'm not saying you have to be like, yes, let's celebrate around the house. You want pints. It just needs to be like, if we have decided that's what she's going to do tonight. Okay. Don't make her feel bad about it. Let's not guilt her when we already told her she could. Yeah. And that's kind of going back to a little bit to the waxing and the finances. I'm like trying to bring the strings together here is that we, we have this like kid, you should be this way. Now I know I'm not this way and I know you don't see it in our homes, but kid, you should be this way. And that's why modeling is by far the best 
indicator of whether or not a kid is going to turn out okay. If and I model consciousness, self-compassion, odds are they're going to probably follow suit. Well, and let me, I'm going to pull back from that statement because that can stress people out because there are, things can happen with your kids that have nothing to do with us. But what I want to, to piggyback on what you just said, if we role model in the home, then that connection with our kids will be solid. So if and when things happen, we can help them and support them. There is no perfect path where it's like, if we do all these things, our kids are going to be great. Right. Things are going to happen. Th- shit's going to happen. Sorry. So it, things are going to happen. Things no are going to happen right. if I model the best Correct. possible behavior, if I'm Dalai Lama, Jesus, whoever. And the kid, the kid doesn't just live in this house Correct. talking to me. The kid is in the world right. where it's sometimes messy. Yeah. And that messiness is going to, of course, seep into her her experience. Exactly. So how are we able to engage, not if that happens, but when it happens? Um, and are it, we connected to them or are we playing that game of who's doing this better or I'm annoyed at you or I have this underlying annoyance like where there's this mismatch of communication where I said you could get food, but you look at my face and I'm annoyed, you well, know, like. And it's so easy to like misconstrue what we're saying. But part of me is like what I want for my kids is that when they have a bad day that they feel safe enough to come to me to talk about that's it. it. Um, that's when I know that we will, that's when I know we've done a good job. Does that always happen? Of course not. There's plenty of things that I'm sure they keep to themselves, but they're in a pretty good place most of the time. So To have your kid know that you walk your own walk, yeah. you're not going to do life perfectly, but you own what's yours. You recognize your own emotions. You don't tell them to do things that you're not doing. You know, like the parent who is constantly vaping or smoking and then is mad at their kid for vaping or smoking. It doesn't translate to them. Do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, at least you have to own the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm working through this, but you're right. I do this like instead of, but you shouldn't, I can do whatever I want. And it shows up in all these other ways. The things, the way I talk to people, the way I drive, like, you know, my girls, because, you know, obviously I have two d- daughters with their driver's license, but my third one is now in the process of getting hers. She knows, notices everything I do in the car right. because she's learning. And sometimes I do, I don't stop long enough. She's like, you didn't stop long enough. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. I don't say, you can't tell me that. Like I've been driving for blah, blah, blah. She's right. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I say, you're right, it's over. Right. Do you see what I mean? We don't need to fight everything they point out. And I'm not saying to her, I'm a bad driver. I'm just saying that you're right. Like I sometimes have to be more conscious of this or that. And I think that's a better teaching than I can do whatever I want and you have to follow everything I say. That's an unfortunate relationship thing. That's where they don't want to talk to us about things. So anyway, I feel like, do you feel like the strings are there? No, not really, but that's fine. All right. Who cares? Well, it's all, we did our best. We did our best. We got a Wayne's World quote in there. Wayne's World. Um, So I do want to uh, remind people to sign up for Team Zen so they can be with us in the famous Dr. Shafali Sabari and join Kathy's Women's Circle. I'm actually going to be on today with the micro community of Raising Healthy Sons. There's a bunch of people that want to raise healthy sons, and we all come together once every few weeks, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Men Living, if there's any guys out there, check out menliving.org. It's just a way to connect authentically with other guys. Uh, I'm very proud and happy with the direction of the organization that I'm one of the leaders of. Uh, Kathy has a book called Zen Parenting. Yeah, and I forgot to mention last week that it's the anniversary of my book. Mm -hmm. Zen Parenting um, came out February 2nd. 
No, it actually came out February 1st. Oh, two what? I wanted it to be, because my dad's favorite number was two, yeah. and I wanted it to be February 2nd, 2022, because that would have been two, 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 two. Two, two, two. But two. He, they chose February 1st. I was like, but it's close enough. It's a lot of twos. Um, but anyway, so happy anniversary to the book. And uh, I can't forget about Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty. If you live in the Chicagoland area and you want to do any remodeling, any painting in or uh inside or outside of your house, call Jeremy. He's a good friend. He's been our partner since the very first podcast. 12 years. 12 years. Jeez. Uh, his website is avidco.net. His phone number is 630-956-1800. And with that, I think I'm going to bid everybody adieu. adieu. <laughs> uh, keep trucking, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen Circle, our very own app that includes our virtual community, exclusive content, and support from us. You could also purchase Kathy's award-winning book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World or subscribe to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com slash resources. And if you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we'll talk to you again next week.